chapter thirteen part two of cleopatra by georg ebers translated by mary j safford this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirteen part two the freedmen however gave him no rest he represented how quickly the harbour could be reached from his island that fish were brought thence from it daily and he would therefore always have news of what was passing his sons were like him and never used any unnecessary words talking did not suit them the women of the household rarely left the island so long as it sheltered their beloved guest they should not set foot away from it if occasion should require the master could be in alexandria again quickly enough to put anything right this suggestion pleased the architect who joined in the conversation to urge the freedman's request but dion for barine's sake obstinately refused until anukis who had long been anxious to go in pursuit of archibius thought it time to give her opinion go with the man my lord she cried i know what i know i will tell our barine of your faithful resolution but how can she show her gratitude for it if you are a dead man this question and the information which followed it turned the scale and as soon as dion had consented to accompany the freedmen the nubian prepared to continue her errands but the wounded man detained her to give many messages for barine and then she was stopped by the architect who thought he had found in her the right assistant for numerous plans he had in his mind he had returned early that morning from hieroanpolis where with other members of his profession he had inspected the newly constructed waterway the result of the first investigation had been unfavourable to the verge of discouragement and in behalf of the others he had gone to the queen to persuade her to give up the enterprise which though so full of promise was impracticable in the short time at their disposal he had travelled all night and was received as soon as cleopatra rose from her couch he had driven from the lochias in the carriage placed at his disposal because he had business at the arsenal and various points where building was going on in order to inspect the wall erected for antony on the coma and the temple of isis at the corner of the muses to which cleopatra desired to add a new building but scarcely had he quitted the bruchium when he was detained by the crowd assailing the house of didymus with beams and rams and at the same time keeping off the ephebi who had attacked them he had forced his way through the raging mob to aid the old couple and their granddaughter the slave phyrix had been busily preparing the boats which lay moored in the harbour of the sea-washed estate but gorgias had found it difficult to persuade the grey-haired philosopher to go with him and his family to the shore he was ready to face the enraged rioters and though it should cost his life cry out that they were shamefully deceived and were staining themselves with a disgraceful crime not until the architect represented that it was unworthy of a didymus to expose to bestial violence a life on which helpless women and the whole world to whom his writings were guide-posts to the realms of truth possessed a claim could he be induced to yield 
nevertheless the sage and his relatives almost fell into the hands of the furious rabble for didymus would not depart until he had saved this that and the other precious book till the number reached twenty or thirty besides his old deaf wife who usually submitted quietly when her defective hearing prevented her comprehension of many things insisted upon knowing what was occurring she ordered everybody who came near her to explain what had happened thus detaining her granddaughter helena who was trying to save the most valuable articles in the dwelling so the departure was delayed and only the brave defence of young philotus didymus's assistant and some of the ephebi who joined him enabled them to escape unharmed the scythian guards which at last put a stop to the frantic rage of the deluded populace arrived too late to prevent the destruction of the house but they saved philotus and the other youths from the fists and stones of the rabble when the boats had gone farther out into the harbour the question of finding a home for the philosopher and his family was discussed berenike's house was also threatened and the rules of the museum prevented the reception of women five servants had accompanied the family and none of didymus's learned friends had room for so many guests when the old man and helena began to enumerate the lodgings of which they could think gorgias interposed with an entreaty that they would come to his house he had inherited the dwelling from his father it was very large and spacious almost empty and they could reach it speedily as it stood on the seashore north of the forum the fugitives would be entirely at liberty there since he had work on hand which would permit him to spend no time under his own roof except at night he soon overcame the trivial objections made by the philosopher and fifteen minutes after they had left the corner of the muses he was permitted to open the door of his house to his guests and he did so with genuine pleasure the old housekeeper and the grey-haired steward who had been in his father's service looked surprised but worked zealously after gorgias had confided the visitors to their charge the pressure of business forbade his fulfilling the duties of host in his own person didymus and his family had reason to be grateful and when the old sage found in the large library which the architect placed at his disposal many excellent books and among them some of his own he ceased his restless pacing to and fro and forced himself to settle down then he remembered that by the advice of a friend he had placed his property in the keeping of a reliable banker and though life still seemed dark grey it no longer looked as black as before gorgias briefly related all this to the nubian and dion added that she would find archibius with his roman friend at the house of berenike's brother the philosopher arius like himself the latter was suffering from an injury inflicted by a reckless trick of antyllus barine's mother was there also so anukis could inform them of the fate of didymus and his brother and tell them that he dion intended to leave her house and the city an hour after sunset but interrupted gorgias no one not even your hostess berenike and her brother must know your destination you look as if you could keep a secret woman 
though she owes her nickname isopian to her nimble tongue replied dion but this tongue is like the little silver fish with scarlet spots in the palace garden said anukis they dart to and fro nimbly enough but as soon as danger threatens they keep as quiet in the water as though they were nailed fast and by mighty isis we have no lack of peril in these trying times would you like to see the lady berenike and the others before your departure berenike yes but the sons of arius they are fine fellows would be wise to keep aloof from this house to-day yes indeed the architect chimed in it will be prudent for their father too to seek some hiding-place he is too closely connected with octavianus it may indeed happen that the queen will desire to make use of him in that case he may be able to aid barine who is his sister's child timogenes too who comes from rome as a mediator may have some influence the same thoughts entered my poor brain also said anukis i am now going to show the gentleman the danger which threatens her and if i succeed yet what could a serving-woman of my appearance accomplish still my house is nearer to the brink of the stream than the dwelling of most others and if i fling in a loaf perhaps the current will bear it to the majestic sea wise isopion cried dion but the worthy maid-servant shrugged her crooked shoulders saying we needn't be free-born to find pleasure in what is right and if being wise means using one's brains to think with the intention of promoting right and justice you can always call me so then you will start after sundown with these words she was about to leave the room but the architect who had watched her every movement had formed a plan and begged her to follow him when they reached the next room he asked for a faithful account of barine and the dangers threatening her after consulting her as if she were an equal he held out his hand in farewell saying if it is possible to bring her to the temple of isis unseen these clouds may scatter i shall be in the sanctuary of the goddess from the first hour after sunset i have some measurements to take there when you say you know that the immortals will have pity on the innocent woman whom they have led to the verge of the abyss perhaps you may be right it seems as if matters here were combining in a way which would be apt to rob the story-teller of his listener's faith after isopion had gone gorgias returned to dion's room and asked the freedman to be ready with his boat at a place on the shore which he carefully described the friends were again alone gorgias had his hands full of work but he could not help expressing his surprise at the calm bearing which dion maintained you behave as if you were going to an oyster supper at canopus he said shaking his head as though perplexed by some incomprehensible problem what else would you have me do asked the macedonian the vivid imagination of you artists shows you the future according to your own varying moods if you hope you transform a pleasant garden into the elysian fields if you fear anything you behold in a burning roof the conflagration of a world we from whose cradle the muse was absent who use only sober reason to provide for the welfare of the household and the state as well as for our own 
see facts as they are and treat them like figures in a sum i know that barine is in danger that might drive me frantic but beyond her i see archibius and charmian spreading their protecting wings over her head i perceive the fear of my faction including the museum of the council of which i am a member of my clients and the conditions of the times which precludes arousing the wrath of the citizens the product which results from the correct addition of all these known quantities will be correct interrupted his friend so long as the most incalculable of all factors passion does not blend with them the passion of a woman and the queen belongs to the sex which is certainly more powerful in that domain granted but as soon as mark antony returns it will be proved that her jealousy was needless we will hope so it is only the misled deceived abused cleopatra whom i fear for she herself is matchless in divine goodness the charm by which she ensnares hearts is indescribable and the iron power of her intellect i tell you dion friend friend was the laughing interruption how high your wishes soar for three years i have kept an account of the conflagrations in your heart i believe we had reached seventeen but this last one is equal to two folly cried gorgias in an irritated tone may not a man admire what is magnificent wonderful unique she is all these things just now how long ago is it she appeared before me in a radiance of beauty which should have made you shade both eyes yet you have been speaking so warmly of your young guest her loving caution her gentle calmness in the midst of peril do you suppose i wish to recall a single syllable the architect indignantly broke in helena has no peer among the maidens of alexandria but the other cleopatra is elevated in her divine majesty above all ordinary mortals you might spare me and yourself that scornful curl of the lip had she gazed into your face with those tearful sorrowful eyes as she did into mine and spoken of her misery you would have gone through fire and water hand in hand with me for her sake i am not a man who is easily moved and since my father's death the only tears i have seen have been shed by others but when she talked of the mausoleum i was to build for her because fate she knew not how soon might force her to seek refuge in the arms of death my calmness vanished then when she cumbered me among the friends on whom she could rely and held out her hand a matchless hand oh laugh if you choose i felt i know not how and kneeling at her feet i kissed it it was wet with my tears i am not ashamed of this emotion and my lips seem consecrated since they touched the little white hand which spoke a language of its own and stands before my eyes wherever i gaze pushing back his thick locks from his brow as he spoke he shook his head as though dissatisfied with himself and in an altered tone hurriedly continued but this is a time ill-suited for such ebullitions of feeling i mentioned the mausoleum whose erection the queen desires she will see the first hasty sketch to-morrow it is already before my mind's eye she wished to have it adjoin the temple of isis her goddess i proposed the great sanctuary 
sanctuary in the rakotis quarter but she objected she wished to have it close to the palace at lochias she had thought of the temple at the corner of the muses but the house occupied by didymus stood in the way of a larger structure if this were removed it would be possible to carry the street through the old man's garden perhaps even to the seashore and we should have had space for a gigantic edifice and still left room for a fine garden but we had learned how the philosopher loved his family estate the queen is unwilling to use violence towards the old man she is just and perhaps other reasons of which i am ignorant influence her so i promised to look for another site though i saw how much she desired to have her tomb connected with the sanctuary of her favourite goddess then i have already told the clever brown witch then the immortals divinity fate or whatever we call the power which guides the world in our lives according to eternal laws and its own mysterious omnipotent will permitted a rascally deed from which i think may come deliverance for you and a source of pleasure to the queen in these days of trial man man where will this new passion lead you the horses are stamping impatiently outside duty summons the most faithful of men and he stands like a prophet indulging in mysterious sayings whose meaning and purport spite of your calm calculations of existing circumstances will soon seem no less wonderful to you than to me whose unruly artist nature according to your opinion is playing me a trick retorted the architect now listen to this explanation didymus's house will be occupied at once by my workmen but i shall examine the lower rooms of the temple of isis i have with me a document requiring obedience to my orders cleopatra herself laid the plans before me even the secret portion showing the course of the subterranean chambers it will cast some light upon my mysterious sayings if i bear you away from the enemy through one of the secret corridors they were right in concealing from you by how slender a thread spite of the power of your example in mathematics the sword hangs above your head now that i see a possibility of removing it i can show it to you to-morrow you would have fallen without hope of rescue into the hands of cruel foes and been shamefully abandoned by your own weak uncle had not the most implacable of all your enemies permitted himself the infamous pleasure of laying hands on an old man's house and the queen in consequence of an agitating message had the idea suggested of building her own mausoleum the corridor here he lowered his voice of which i spoke leads to the sea at a spot close beside didymus's garden and through it i will guide you and if possible barine also to the shore this could be accomplished in the usual way only by the greatest risk if we use the passage we can reach a dark place on the strand unseen and unless some special misfortune pursues us our flight will be unnoticed the litters and your tottering gait would betray everything if we were to enter the boat anywhere else in the great harbour and we sensible folk refuse to believe in miracles cried dion holding out his wan hand to the architect how shall i thank you you dear clever most loyal of friends to your male friends though your heart is so faithless to fair ones add that malicious speech to the former ones for which i now crave your pardon 
what you intend to accomplish for barine and me gives you a right to do and say to me whatever ill you choose all the rest of my life anxiety for her would surely have bound me to this house and the city when the time came to make the escape for without her my life would now be valueless but when i think that she might follow me to pyrrhus's cliff don't flatter yourself with this hope pleaded gorgias serious obstacles may interpose i am to have another talk with the nubian later with no offence to others i believe her advice will be the best she knows how matters stand with the lofty and yet herself belongs to the lowly besides through charmian the way to the queen lies open and nothing which happens at court escapes her notice she showed me that we must consider barine's delivery to alexis a piece of good fortune how easily jealousy might have led to a fatal crime one whose wish promptly becomes action unless she curbs the undue zeal of her living tools those on whom fate inflicts so many blows rarely are in haste to spare others would the anxieties which weigh upon her like mountains interpose between the queen and the jealous rancour which is too petty for her great soul what is great or petty to the heart of a loving woman asked dion in any case you will do what you can to remove barine from the power of the enraged princess i know gorgias pressed his friend's hand closely then yielding to a sudden impulse kissed him on the forehead and hurried to the door on the threshold a faint moan from the wounded man stopped him would he be strong enough to follow the long passage leading to the sea dion protested that he confidently expected to do so but his deeply flushed face betrayed that the fever which had once been conquered had returned gorgias's eyes sought the floor in deep thought many sick persons were borne to the temple in the hope of cure so dion's appearance would cause no special surprise on the other hand to have strangers carry him through the passage seemed perilous he himself was strong but even the strongest person would have found it impossible to support the heavy burden of a grown man to the sea for the gallery was low and of considerable length still if necessary he would try with the comforting exclamation if your strength does not suffice another way will be found he took his leave gave barine's maid and the wounded man's body-slave the necessary directions commanded the doorkeeper to admit no one save the physician and stepped into the open air a little band of ephebi were pacing to and fro before the house others had flung themselves down in an open space surrounded by shrubbery in the paneum garden and were drinking the choice wine which dion's cellarer by his orders had brought and was pouring out for the crowd it was an animated scene for the clients of the sufferer who after expressing their sympathy had been dismissed by the porter and bedizened girls had joined the youths there was no lack of jests and laughter and when some pretty young mother or female slave passed by leading children with whom the garden was a favourite playground many a merry word was exchanged gorgias waved his hands gaily to the youths pleased with the cheerfulness with which the brave fellows transformed duty into a festival and many raised their wine-cups shouting a joyous io and evo to drink the health of the famous artist who not long ago had been one of themselves 
the others were led by a slender youth the student philotus from amphissa didymus's assistant whom the architect a few days before had helped to liberate from the demons of wine even while gorgias was beckoning to him from the two-wheeled chariot the thought entered his mind that yonder handsome youth who had so deeply wronged barine and dion would be the very person to help carry his friend through the low-roofed passage to the sea if philotus was the person gorgias believed him to be he would deem it a special favour to make amends for his crime to those whom he had injured and he was not mistaken for after the youth had taken a solemn oath not to betray the secret to any one the architect asked him to aid in dion's rescue philotus overflowing with joyful gratitude protested his willingness to do so and promised to wait at the appointed spot in the temple of isis at the time mentioned End of chapter thirteen part two